Hey guys, just a couple of things before we get started. Number one, we now have a new outro, so make sure to keep listening after we say our goodbye for a couple quick updates each week. Um, and we also just wanted to say a quick hello to our guest co-host for the week, Eric Huso, who was actually a guest on the show, I believe, episode 16, so make sure to take a listen to that when you get a chance. Um, but that being said, let's jump right into the show this week. This episode of the Local Hustlers podcast is sponsored by Crossbow Equine. If you own a business, you need to check out Crossbow Equine for all of your social media marketing and branding needs. Throughout her entrepreneurial journey, owner Kylie Bowen has gained a deep understanding of marketing, branding, and telling your story in an authentic professional manner to help you gather raving fans and paying clients and customers. For our listeners only, Kylie is offering a free 30-minute consultation call and 50% off your first month of services. Contact her today at 480-254-7650. You're listening to the Local Hustlers Podcast. East Valley Locals. Get connected with small businesses near you and dive deep into their stories, mindset, and motives. Entrepreneurs everywhere. Get ready to be inspired by business owners, entrepreneurs, and hustlers that you can relate to and learn from. And now, your hosts. Dallin Huso and Ridge Waldberg. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers Podcast. This week, we are super excited to be here with Christopher Hudson of Benny Blanco Tortillas. Almost called you Benny there for a second, but uh, that's all right. Everybody <laughs> does. <laughs> um, it's a great super, nickname. Yeah, <laughs> super excited to have you here today. Um, yeah, glad to be here. Awesome. Why don't we take a couple of minutes, tell us about your life, um, kind of before Benny Blanco Tortillas. Oh man, uh, I feel like I've got 80 years of work experience and <laughs> I'm not even 40 yet. Um, grew up in Tucson, that's where I was born, so okay. I'm an Arizona native, not very many of us out here. Moved to Ohio when my dad had work, wanted to move back out west to the mountains, but I didn't want the heat, so yeah. I picked Colorado. So when I was 20, moved to Colorado, met my wife, and about seven or eight years ago, we ended up back in the state of Arizona we really didn't plan on it it just happened and Mm -hmm. we moved to Gilbert and um, I had a job working on commercial restaurant equipment around Mm -hmm. the valley got to meet a lot of chefs I take a step back I've been in the food industry for forever I've done everything from management to busing to cooking to front of house, serving, management, everything. I think I said management twice because I probably did it more than once. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I've done a lot of everything in the food service. I sold insurance for a little while. I sold motorcycles for a while. I've done so many different things. I worked in a poultry slaughterhouse for several years. Yeah, so if if you name it, I've probably done it or something close to it. Wow. And uh, when we moved to Arizona, we didn't really know what to do. We didn't have any friends, didn't have anything... On our calendar, and so we started going to the Gilbert Farmers Market, and uh, that was where we met the original Ben before me, the chef Ben Ramirez that started the company, and we became customers there, and uh, it was kind of a match made in heaven. So he, I don't know if I was supposed to go into this right away, but this is kind of how the company happened. Yeah, we found his tortillas; they were absolutely amazing. Tasted like my nana's that I grew up eating uh, when we were little kids down in Tucson, and couple years ago he decided he was getting burnt out and put the business up for sale and my wife's actually the one who found it on facebook really and she called hmm. me and she said dude you hate your job we can't let this go under maybe <laughs> you should buy the business or buy yours with the tortillas and stock the freezer <laughs> so i ended up buying the business and, which uh, one was cheaper <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah actually it might have been cheaper to buy the business um a few more hours involved but uh 
yeah, that's how we got into it. And that's why I'm not Ben. I'm yeah. Christopher, not Benny. So that's and so you a, kept the same recipe, the same. We've changed a few things. Uh, it's very important to me to support the local economy, right. and I switched all my flowers over to local flour from Hayden Flour Mill. Uh, a couple of his recipes used them, but not exclusively. Maybe thirty percent of his stuff did. Yeah. So now all my flowers one hundred percent from Hayden Flour Mill, just down the road, a couple miles. Right. And uh, he had kind of a core half dozen recipes that he used and I've developed about 50 to 60 more of different flavors and styles and I'm always experimenting. Today's recipe special was uh, green chili smokehouse rub with some 505 hatch green chili salsa and some Ooh. fresh garlic and a flour tortilla. We also did one. You don't even just stuff that thing. No. You I mean, just that's just put some a, butter that's on just, it. That's just an amazing meal right there. Put butter on it and eat it, man. And then we did a jalapeno, roasted jalapenos and habaneros with caramelized pineapple and fresh garlic oh and a flour tortilla. So yeah. it was like a margarita salsa in a tortilla. Yeah, man. Fireworks are going off in my mouth right now just thinking <laughs> it was about good that. Stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. So um, the answer to that question is he was. Ben was excellent at developing the base recipes, and I've kind of taken it and spiraled off a million directions from yeah. there. So the, the base recipe is exactly the same with a higher quality ingredient, but I'm working off of the foundation that he laid, for sure. Cool. Great. Yeah. Great, great. So uh, you moved to Gilbert. Did work didn't necessarily bring you here. You wanted to come here. Well, work brought my wife here. So, okay, work brought you right here. Yeah, okay, that was... so I just followed along because... Good, good move. Much prettier than I am. Yep. <laughs> I I better, better not let her get away. And then you were in a job you weren't happy with. Correct. Yeah, it was too many hours and not enough pay. And working in restaurants, you have some really nice ones, and you have some not pretty so nice grungy ones. ones. Yeah. yeah, I've had yeah. roaches crawl up my arm and down my sock, and I've. I don't know how graphic you want to get, but I pulled Let's hear it. a dead rat from a dishwasher pump motor. They couldn't figure out why it wasn't flowing water, oh, gosh. and they had sucked a, a rat in. I don't know if I want to know the name of that restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, we'll keep that you, one you on the dollar. You could probably throw a few restaurants under the bus. We, we, won't, we won't do that we right could. now. Let's go the other way. I'll tell you the best restaurants to go to with the cleanest kitchens. There we, we go. We got to know our company had somewhere like 750 restaurants across the valley that really? we serviced. And so we got to go in over the course of a few years, got to go into most of them. Wow. So... We know from your social media that you're big on giving back to the community. Uh, do you mind talking about a couple of things that you've done to, to give back? Last winter, I was a vendor at the Elliott Road Market here in Gilbert, mm -hmm. and it was a much smaller market. 20 vendors, um, afternoon on a Wednesday, it wasn't a Saturday morning, so we didn't have the hundreds and hundreds of people that were coming through. So I always overestimated, and I, always have, I would always have extras extra tortillas left over at the end of the market. So I told folks, look, I don't want to throw these away. If you're not buying something because you can't afford it, just come on in and tell me and we'll send you home with a pack of tortillas for free. Well, people get embarrassed to ask for help and so I wanted to make it a little less intimidating. So I told folks, work in the word porcupine into a sentence. I saw a porcupine on the way here. Or, man, porcupines are a bunch of little pricks. <laughs> so just work that in. And I know what you're talking about, and I'll give you a pack of tortillas. And I had quite a few people take me up on it, and it was fun because I was able to help, and they were able to get help, yeah. and nobody was uncomfortable. And there was no questions asked. Are you sure you really need this? It wasn't like that. So 
uh, COVID hit and that market got shut down because the church property that they were renting for the space, uh, their insurance had too much of a liability. So that shut down and I decided um, I wanted to keep it going. Well, I never had leftover tortillas at the Gilbert Farmer's Market. We sell out every Saturday and usually within two, two and a half hours. So I started making dedicated batches just to give away. And I put it on the website for pre-order. You had to pay a quarter for it because I had to have some sort of transaction go through to reserve the pack. But if you came to me in person at the market, just say, I'd like a pack of the porcupine tortillas. And I don't charge anything. I just give it. Uh, I don't have money to donate. I make tortillas for a living. But I make tortillas for a living. I make food. So I can give food to people who need to prioritize. If you need to spend money on putting gas in your car or paying your electricity bill, let me help you out with the food side. So that was uh, how that whole thing happened. And we've had a bunch of customers jump in to help out, a couple bucks here and there. Sometimes it's five bucks, sometimes it's a hundred bucks. People have donated money to buy supplies. We've had a couple other businesses that have jumped in. Uh, Hosby's Honey, which is a local bee rescue, they donated honey from their rescued bees, little tiny two ounce jars to give one jar away with a pack of tortillas. Yeah. Uh, Sparrow Chocolate, most of their proceeds they donate towards various organizations. They donated a ton of chocolate bars. And we're talking high quality, this isn't Hershey's. So they gave me a whole box to give away with these tortillas. So I was able to supply folks for a couple weeks with honey and chocolate. You know, what else do you need besides tortillas, honey, and chocolate? I think that's a meal, man. <laughs> Maybe some peanut butter, and we're, we're good. Yeah. yeah. So it's been fun to get some other folks on board, and I don't know that I've inspired any really big projects outside of what I'm doing, yeah. but then I think the community has realized that I'm part of them, and I'm working as hard as I can to support those around me, and they've given that support back, and they're, they're voting with their dollars and helping us grow and helping us stay not just afloat, but thriving. Chris, I love I, I love our conversation here, and it just occurs to me that you're much more than a tortilla maker. Like, I think so. Like you're committed to a cause greater than yourself, uh, and it's all about community. It's Absolutely. all about people. It's all about making a difference. Mm-hmm. It, it, I love it. It's inspiring, and uh, and no wonder why people love your tortillas. Not just because they're amazing. I I had one yesterday, right? And, on. it, was, and it was fantastic. It wasn't right off the oven. I imagine it's even better right off well, the Dallin oven. Well, Dallin got right? the trial right I off did. the grill. He, told me, he told me about it, and, and mine was still dang good. It wasn't right <laughs> off the oven. Uh, but just just who you are as a human being and your commitment to making a difference in the community, this cause greater than yourself, is just, like, it's so inspiring. Like, uh, I, I love it, and, and like, just... It's it's gonna go amazing places. Like, like I, I have no doubt that uh, you know Benny Sortillas is gonna be a household name throughout the entire state of Arizona because of who you are as a person. We're hoping. It, it's stuff goes wrong. Either bad days, you know, equipment breaks. Last night at midnight, I was starting my corn tortillas and my corn tortilla machine broke, and I had to take it apart and do a, a repair on the fly. But I still got it done. I got an hour and forty five minutes of sleep. But I still sold out, and I made everything I wanted to make. So uh, even though there's rough days and stuff happens, it's an, as cliche as it is, it's an attitude of gratitude. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have the support. I'm happy to cook. I've always loved to cook. I'm much better at it now than I was 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, I was better at it than I was 10 years prior. Yeah. 
Uh, I've been grateful for the relationships I've been able to build. A lot of these local chefs, um, Brent Killey, if you've never had Sonoran pasta, he's another uh, farmer's market vendor. They make pasta from locally grown wheat. They get all their stuff from Hayden Flour Mill as well. And uh, he and other chefs have helped me to elevate my game. And I get to benefit from that because I get to eat my own food. Yeah, Just so many cool things about it and so much... Uh, just such cool experiences. I'm just grateful to be here. I'm grateful to have the opportunity. It came along at a good time in my life that I was unhappy with my current job. So I was more pushed to take a massive pay cut, work twice as many hours, make half as much money <laughs> with no insurance. I abandoned right. my all my benefits and I had to cash out some retirement funds that I had to buy the business. I was able yeah. to pay cash for it, which is super yeah. cool. But at the same point, it was a risk and it was scary, but I don't regret it one bit. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here. That's awesome. You put all the chips on the table. Oh, yes. Right? All of them. Every single one. And then some. I borrowed some of my wife's chips. <laughs> <laughs> and words probably can't describe some of the fears that you had and you had to, to wrestle with. So, you know the ADHD thing? ADHD yeah. thing? I don't think about stuff too far. I say, all right, this is the problem in front of me. This is what I'm going to tackle. I can't think about next week's problem because I have this problem. And so I think the way my brain is wired has helped me with this. I don't fear things way out in the future. I don't fear failure next month. I fear not being able to make my quota for today because something breaks down. I might fear screwing up a recipe or a batch and having to throw it away and losing the money from that batch. But I don't worry about next week, three weeks, years i'm planning for it i have goals but i don't stress about something that's way down the road we'll, we'll get there when we get there yeah. yeah i think it's a good mindset to have because worrying about what's going to happen in three months three years isn't going to help you at all i mean you always want to plan and set goals like you said but you've got today's things to worry about and to be happy about as well mm-hmm. so you know focus on that and then plan correctly and there's no need to to stress stress your life away about Absolutely. the future my wife, she does the worrying for us. She, she's the planner of <laughs> the family. Enough for both of you. <laughs> she, she likes her Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. And so she'll, she'll look at the books and she'll look at the money and she'll look at uh, the bill from Hayden Flower Mill and her eyes get real big. And I say, you know what? I'm going to sell out this weekend and I'll get all that back. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And it always works out. But she keeps me in check. So it's, a good, cool. it's a good balance. Yeah. Yeah, it's cliche, but you know they say what goes around comes around and with you and all you're doing for the community and for people who are struggling, you know, it already has, but I'm sure it'll continue to come back to you tenfold. Um, you also, you mentioned the Hayden Flower Mill, how you get some local, local ingredients from there. But I know you've mentioned on Instagram that you, you use other local vendors to, to supply um, some of your tortillas, correct? Most of what I use is local. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this earlier. I have about two thirds of my restaurant, or I'm sorry, about two thirds of my recipes are vegan. Not because I'm doing anything funny or because I'm vegan. It's just it works out. So I use olive oil instead of lard. Hmm. And I get that olive oil from Queen Creek Olive Mill, Mm -hmm. which is just down the road. Um, I do have a couple recipes that use flavored infused olive oils that I've experimented with some different companies. Like Gilbert Pine Top Olive Oil is one. Um, They make an orange habanero olive oil that Hmm. makes for a pretty darn tasty tortilla. But... Keeping 
that money local is important to me and also having a face behind the product. If I go to Costco and buy a gallon of olive oil, it's probably pretty good, but I don't know where that's going and I don't really care. I'll pay more to know I'm supporting somebody's family and somebody's yeah. dream. Uh, I get most of my spices from Old Town Spice Shop, which is actually in Fort Collins, Colorado, so it's local to me because that was where we lived. A yep. friend of mine owns the spice company and I get to support him when I buy my chipotle or my ancho chili or my chai spices that I used in the pumpkin chai tortilla last week. Uh, AZ Fine Swine is a local pig farmer. He raises the, uh, they're called Mangalitsa pigs, and they have woolly hair. They look like a sheep. And they're a cold weather pig brought over from Europe, and they're bred for their fat. And he feeds his pigs spent grains from Arizona Wilderness, which is the brewery in Gilbert, and they get their grains from Hayden Flour Mill and Sossaman Farms, which is where I get my flour. Huh. The pigs eat the grain, and then I get the fat, and I render it for the lard. So, again, this little microcosm yeah. is all a pretty cool deal. I'm trying to think of what else I use. Um, I've used local veggies, local peppers uh, from various farmers to put in some of my tortillas. And... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. That's, that's the majority of them. Hayden Flour Mill, Queen Creek Olive Mill, AZ Fine Swine. Oh, uh, I sell a lot of tortillas at Arcadia Meat Market. I deliver there every Tuesday, and it's a little butcher shop, and all they do is Arizona provisions. So all their grass-fed beef is bred and raised in Arizona. Mm-hmm. All their chicken is from Two Wash Ranch out in uh, way east of, or west of, uh, west of Phoenix. They use my tortillas. Their pigs, they save the fat and render it for me, and I use the lard from their own pigs and the tortillas that they sell in their store. So that's a pretty cool deal, you know. We get to just keep it tight. It's cool. That's awesome. Awesome. Talk to us a little bit about recipe creation. Like, uh, what goes into you know? You just have a whim, like, oh, this would be really cool. You 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 have an idea, or you taste something, and like, I could make this into a tortilla. Like, talk to us a little bit about some of the the cool recipe creations you've come up with for tortillas. There's flavor combinations that are iconic. You can't get away from them. Everybody knows that garlic and Parmesan cheese is pretty darn good because we eat pizza or garlic knots. So I put a bunch of garlic and Parmesan cheese and a chili-infused olive oil in a tortilla, and it was awesome. And there's some fine-tuning. you got to get your hydration right, and you got to get your flavor profile right, and you don't want to have too much garlic, and you can't have so much cheese that it burns on the grill. Mm-hmm. So it's not as simple as just throwing stuff in a bowl. There is some science to it, but there's cool flavors. Well, I, I like pumpkin spice. I'm not afraid to admit that I got a little basic in me. But let's turn it up a notch and do pumpkin chai instead of just cinnamon and nutmeg. So we'll turn that into a tortilla. Next week I'm doing it but with coffee instead of water. So we'll do a dessert pumpkin latte chai, pumpkin chai latte tortilla. So I take a lot of existing flavor combinations and just run with that. But sometimes we create something new and it's not always my ideas. I've got a young lady that works for me a couple days a week, Jordan, and this week's flavor, the jalapeno and pineapple, was her idea. She said, I think jalapeno and pineapple would be good because I've had it on a pizza. So I took it to the next level, and I charred all the peppers, and I added habaneros, and I charred them on the grill to get that smoky flavor. Yeah. And I took the chunked pineapple, and I put it under the broiler to caramelize it in a cast iron pan and bring out that flavor. And we added a little bit of lime juice to give a little tart to that sweet and that mm. heat. And we added a little garlic. It's just experimenting to see, does it fall flat? Does it need a little bit of this, a little bit of that? And I do test batches. I don't, uh, I don't ever nail it on the first shot, but that's kind of the process. I've actually got a whole 
I have a giant stainless steel refrigerator that we keep everything in. And every time one of us comes up with ideas, whether it's my wife, usually me, Jordan, we go down and we write it on the fridge and we work it out. We're working on a pizza tortilla with mozzarella and tomato sauce and marinara sauce. So it'll be kind of like pizza in a, in a tortilla. Huh. And some of them, you know, they don't always work. I tried to do a, like a pancake tortilla with maple syrup and butter. Oh. I tried three or four batches. I had to throw everything away. They just, <laughs> just didn't get the carry right consistency. over. Yeah. You couldn't get enough of the flavor to come through. It just tasted like a mildly sweet tortilla. It never, it just never worked. So yeah. I abandoned that one. But they're not all winners. Sometimes you got to move on. But if you ever have any suggestions, something you want to try out, <laughs> let me know. We'll see yeah, if we that, can make it that work. That pineapple jalapeno, that's, uh, that sounded really I'm good. I'm salivating right now. right now. We'll do that one again for sure. It was a big hit. And then the the green chili one I did today, uh, there's a vendor at the Gilbert Market, Green Chili Smokehouse, and they do rubs. And so I use their rub and then 505 Hatch Green Chili Salsa, and I mix that in. We add a little bit more garlic just to kind of kick it up a notch. And uh, that was delicious. So if I can use local stuff in there. The chocolate tortillas. We have a, a local vendor at the market, uh, Stone Grinds Chocolate. So he brings in the beans from various countries. And this mm. particular batch was from Venezuela. So he roasts it. And then he gives me the raw cocoa mass. So it's just a big old block. It doesn't look like chocolate. doesn't taste like chocolate. But I grind it up and I mix in my own sugar. Sometimes we do it with coffee. Sometimes just the water and brown sugar we make our own chocolate and put that in a tortilla because i like chocolate and i like coffee so we'll figure it out yeah yeah and it's fresh and it's natural and it's you know you made the reference to hershey earlier it's it's not your it's hershey not chocolate your hershey. No, that's going in there. no this is so much better <laughs> we did use craft cheese one time craft parmesan in a recipe because i was going for that comfort food Craft is a pretty cheap Parmesan. <laughs> Sometimes you got to try it. And it was good. And then I went with some real Italian shaved yeah. Parmesan. So much better. Yeah. But there's there's some uh, nostalgia with some craft cheese. Right. right. <laughs> Would you say that's one of your favorite parts of, of running the business is the creation of, of the new tortillas? The creation and the customer interaction are, are a close tie. I don't know that I like one more than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh they're both fun. I get energy from them in different ways. Yeah. I love seeing what customers do with my tortillas. But I love coming up with new stuff too and seeing the reaction to it as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's not much of a reaction. I did a teriyaki tortilla. It wasn't a big hit. That's okay. We just won't do it again. Yeah. But yeah, it, it uh, the recipe creation is definitely fun for me. It's my creative outlet. I can't sing. I can't draw. I can't dance. I can't do any of the typically artistic stuff, but I can cook and I can come up with some, some good flavors. Love it. Love it. I, I want to, if it's all right, I want to kind of dive into the, the process of actually buying the business. Could you kind of talk to us a couple more details about, you know, the things that you were thinking about when making that decision, if you did much research on the company, um, what, you know, what about the company made you feel like it was a good, good decision financially for you to purchase it? It's a great question. We had been customers since the very beginning. I, I don't think Ben had been in business for more than six months when we found him. And we had frequented his booth at the market for a little over five years. So I knew the product and I knew the consistency and I knew Ben. And I knew that he had a, a customer following at the farmer's market. And I knew he had a dozen restaurants that used his stuff. So he had a wholesale book. And... 
when he said he had it up for sale, I called him and I said, let's meet for coffee and go over numbers. And it was pretty informal. I had a pad of paper and jotted down some info. He told me what his revenue was. He was growing about 10% per year. He was making X number of dollars. His profit margin was X, Y, Z. And uh, it wasn't much, but I saw a lot of potential because I knew the, the quality of the product. And Ben was and is amazing in the kitchen at recipe development and perfection. He wasn't a marketer. And I've been in sales for so long, I'm a marketer. Right. I can, I could pop this off. I knew I had what it took to take this to the next level. He didn't do any social media. He didn't do any advertising. He showed up at the market with a bin full of tortillas. And if you wanted some, cool. And if you didn't want some, cool. No, no, no. We're going to make this better. Um, I think he undervalued what he had. When he told us what he was selling it for, I was really surprised because honestly, I expected there to be another zero or maybe two added to it. Well, and it wasn't. He just wanted to sell the equipment and the recipes and move on to to something new. And uh, I told my wife, and we looked at some numbers, and we were actually able to move some money around. Uh, Like I said, we cashed out some uh, retirement funds, but we were able to buy the business cash. I didn't have to take out a loan. It worked out pretty well. Wow. So I did a lot of research on to what, how businesses are valued. And there's everything from EBITDA to multiples of profit to multiples right, of earnings. Right. And you can get into formulas all day long. But this was simple. It was one guy in his garage making tortillas. You know, it costs X and he sells it for Y. And it takes X number of minutes. So you make this much per hour. It was fairly easy to figure yeah. out. We've gotten more complicated since then with new equipment and employees. He didn't have any employees. Uh, I'm not a business person, but I know how to sell and I know how to do math. So Sounds like a business person to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe. Maybe I am. Sounds like a business. Hey. Yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm a business person. You are a business person. <laughs> You've, uh, you created something special. Something special. And you're putting we, out massive amount of tortillas. Yeah. Like when you do the math, like... So, for example, like when you hear some of the richest people in the world and you hear how much they're worth and billions, like my mind doesn't register what billions of dollars are, right? It's just I'm, I'm not familiar with that kind of money. And so you hear like, you know, you're producing 9,000 tortillas a day. A week. Right? A week, week. I mean, right. a week, sorry. Yeah. 9,000 tortillas a week. Um, yeah, it sounds like a lot. But then when you, you know, cut it per day and you cut it per hour, like you are producing tortillas all day long. All day long. Uh, and in large quantities in my garage <laughs> in your yeah. garage it's kind of mind blowing our very first weekend at the farmer's market which was October two years ago almost exactly two years ago we sold about 600 tortillas and today we sold just over 6,000 in two years wow. we've 10x'd our retail sales at the farmer's market in order to do that I've gotten rid of a lot of my wholesale accounts because there was no joy in it for me and I didn't like giving a box of a thousand tortillas to a chef who wrote me a check and said, all right, see ya. I didn't like giving up 40% of my earnings because somebody bought in bulk. It wasn't worth it to me because this is not, I'm not pushing a button on a machine. I'm hucking 50 pound bags of flour. I'm dumping it into bowls. I'm mixing by hand. I'm shaping by hand. I'm cutting these like it's, it's labor intensive. I have a manual press that I take the dough balls. I put them on the press. I slam the press down. I move the press away. I throw them onto a grill. I have a 36-inch wide grill that I cook all these tortillas on. You saw it. Yeah, yeah. And we flip them, and we put them on a cooling rack, and we do it again. 
this is a lot of labor and I'm not gonna do that for 40% off anymore. I have a couple customers that promote me on social media. Uprooted Kitchen uses my tortillas, Cotton and Copper, I talked about them. If you are going to say, hey guys, we're using these Primo Benny Blanco tortillas and you're gonna tell your customers that's worth something to me. Right. Yeah. I will give you the discount because you're gonna help me grow my yeah. business. A lot of these restaurants, they just wanted the stuff for cheap and I'm not I'm not a that's quantity not producer, that's I'm a quality yeah. producer. Yeah. So we, when I bought the business, it was 80% wholesale, 20% retail. Wow. Now we're 90% resale, direct to customer, yeah. and only about 10% wholesale. So. And you mentioned, you know, dropping off a box at, to a restaurant and getting a check back. And I, in my mind, compare that to handing a package of tortillas to uh, somebody at the farmer's market and seeing the smile on their face, the anticipation. There's no know, comparison. Right. Yeah. yeah. Something special. That's cool. Uh, and speaking of that direct-to-consumer market that you're focusing on now, is most of that from the farmer's market or online or is it a pretty good mixture of both right now well the online stuff they still pick up at the okay, farmer's so market they, they purchase online and then come Correct. to the market yeah I, I just bring it to so the market so they're not coming by your house to pick it yeah. up no nope no I don't want that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no we're too busy cooking I don't have time to stop and break so I can go sell a $7 pack of tortillas we'll, we'll condense that into two hours a week two and a half hours well I mean the market's four hours long but we can't seem to last more than two and a half hours wow. before we sell out and uh, we'll, we'll condense that there and they're fresh and they're delicious and nothing's from the prior week. You can be guaranteed everything was made within like the last 36 to 40 hours. And we go from there. Um, so yeah, most of it is the farmer's market. I do have, I told you, the butcher shop in Phoenix, our yeah. meat market. And so that's not a huge amount, but it's there. And it's such a small menu that... It's the traditional tortillas. Yeah. People try that. They go, these are good. I wonder what this guy does. They look me up on Instagram and they say, jalapeno pineapple. Well, I'm going to go to the market. <laughs> so I've been able to build the business by having them as a retail outlet as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you spend more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it? And call Flamingo Pools today. Flamingo Pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green to cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools will take care of you. Honest, reliable, and innovative. Just a few of the many good things Flamingo Pools customers have to say about them. Ask them about their mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and you'll get your first month of maintenance completely free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013. Cool. Do you ever get sick of eating tortillas? I won't say that I get sick of it. I have to take a break sometimes. Uh -huh. I'll eat too many, and then I can feel, okay, I put on a couple pounds. I've been eating way too many tacos <laughs> this week. I need to chill on the carbs for a minute, and then I'll limit myself to just tasting the new recipe creations right. on Saturday. I'll, I'll, aside from tasting those, I'll go a month without really eating a taco or burrito, and then I'll eat one, and I'm like, man, these are really good. <laughs> and then I eat three. <laughs> there's There's... Not much moderation. It's either all or nothing with me. All or nothing. Love it. But I've never gotten sick of them, but I do take breaks once in a while. Yeah. 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 
Blanco. I'm curious about the name. Do you know where, because Benny Blanco, when I hear that, I think of there's like the music producer, Correct. Benny Blanco. Is that kind of where it came from? Or do you know no. where Ben came up with that name? The name actually predates both the Tortilla Company and the music artist. Okay. There was a movie back in the day called Carlita's Way with John Leguizamo. And it was in the whole gangster genre, kind of like Godfather off of that. Uh-huh. And John Leguizamo's character was Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Okay. So I'm half Mexican. Ben Ramirez was half Mexican. We both look incredibly Caucasian. It just worked out. All of his friends thought Benny Blanco was hilarious because you had a Hispanic kid that was very fair-skinned. Yeah. And Benny Blanco fit. So when he was growing up, when that movie came out, that was his nickname. So when he started the Tortilla Company, this was long before the other Benny Blanco had emerged on a, on a worldwide scene. Right. He took that name. Hmm. When I bought it, it just rolled off the tongue. Christopher Blanco doesn't really work. So I kept the name. And the customers knew the name. And the restaurants knew the name. And uh, I didn't really have an ego with it. I don't need my name to be on it. So I just kept it. Over the last six months, that question has come up a lot. I even yeah. had it twice today. Is this any relation to the guy? Well, now he started a, He started cooking. Um, oh, really? So he's done a cooking show with another chef where he goes on and they do huh. stuff. So now it's even more so. Is, there, is this the Benny Blanco music guy that does the cooking show? Yeah. No, no, it's not. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it garners attention. It's like it, it's easier to remember because they already know the name, even though that wasn't the reason for doing it. Yeah. But as he becomes more popular, I'm sure it helps you guys out a bit. We'll see. One of us will give it cease and desist to the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've got the logo with the, the weathered logo with the B in the middle. I might change it to like Blackbeard's Tortillas or something. Who knows? Gotcha. Uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Right now we're selling in Gilbert, so I don't have to worry about him breathing down my neck anytime soon. <laughs> um, and when you purchased the business, did you have you know a lot of customers from him? Or did you kind of try to target new customers or, or maybe a bit of, a bit of both? I've actually still got a lot of the original customers that he had. And they yeah. asked me from time to time, hey, have you talked to Ben in a while? How's he doing? And I do keep in touch with him. I actually just chatted with him by text for about a half an hour a couple of weeks ago. Um, just seeing what he's up to and mm-hmm. what his new plans are. So a little bit of both. Obviously, if I'm going to 10x the business, I have to reach new customers. And social yeah. media has been instrumental in that like no other. I haven't ever spent a dime on advertising and we took a, a non-existent Instagram account to 30, 3,100 followers in a couple of years yeah. and didn't pay for anything. And it's just me being a goofball on Instagram and sharing stupid pictures and sharing that to Facebook. And it's worked out pretty well. Uh, so yeah, we've targeted new customers, but I've kept all the old ones. And by having all the recipes that he had and just tweaking them to make them a little better and mm-hmm. use local ingredients, I haven't abandoned what his original yeah, project was yeah, yeah. we've yeah. just expanded it yeah expanded update yeah cool what's your advice to you know a business owner who maybe doesn't have a budget for for advertising to grow their social media account what have you done um to grow that without putting any money into it be yourself share your story be honest if you have a bad day it's okay to share that if you have a great day it's okay to share that and bring everybody else into it. It's not all about you. I love sharing about the other businesses I work with. I love sharing my customers' posts. There's people who are amazing photographers and they can make a taco look like Gordon Ramsay made it 
and I'm over here sliding the filters back and forth trying to make it not look like I took it with my cell phone. <laughs> and so I want to engage those people and share their creations. Yeah. And that has helped a lot. So showcasing the work of others has been big. Um, engagement is huge. I'll see people do a post and then they'll get 50 or 60 comments on it and they'll never respond to any of the comments. And these people are trying to talk to you. This is your customer who wants to give you money and they want to feel like they matter to you. Yeah. And to me, they do matter. So I probably spend a little too much time on social media responding to some of these, mm -hmm. but it's all in a positive note. And uh, those customers have feel rightly so that they've made a friend and they're going to support me and they're going to tell their friends about it and they're going to buy tortillas for their friends. And... Uh, I think that's been a big, a big portion of it. Just being authentic. Yeah. Uh, I'm just a goofy guy that likes to cook and let's have some fun and go from there. For sure. No, I, I think that's, that's huge for, for growing social media because, you know, when it comes to following a business on social media, I have a ton of businesses that I love, but I don't necessarily follow them on social media because they don't necessarily bring any value to, to my life and they're, they're not sharing their personal story. So there's not much for me to, to read about or engage with. Sure. And you know, I'm not going to waste my time commenting when no one, when I know that nobody's ever going to see that comment. But when I know that it's a local business that, you know, when I interact, they interact back, it gives me a reason to, to follow. And then they're on your mind more. And then, you know, that's how they become a loyal customer. Advertising is not the same game that it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. No. For the longest time, it was shouting at you to buy this product. This is my brand. Coca-Cola comes to mind. Yeah. A million ads are just the red with the white letters. Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. Yeah. And you've got no connection to that other than it's familiar to you. Mm -hmm. Well, now social media is completely turn that around people want to know who they're buying from they want to know what the story is who they're supporting they want to see your face they want to see a picture of your dog which makes no sense to me but <laughs> i'll do it if they want to see princess right. penelope the pitbull i'm going to show them princess penelope the pitbull we had a tortoise get loose from a neighbor and come into our yard yesterday and so i put an instagram story and i got so many responses oh my gosh we'll help you out if you need somebody to take care of it for a minute it's just the little things that make you a real person yeah and it uh the story is more important than ever. People want a story. They don't yeah. want a nameless brand. And it works out well because I'm not really, I'm not trying too hard to share that story. It's just part of who I am already. I like to, I like to chat if you can't tell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's easy. It humanizes the brand, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I can't believe we're almost hitting an hour here already. Uh, I feel Time like flies. Like five minutes. I know. Yeah. Um, I I really want to hear one last piece of advice that you have for you know someone either wanting to start a business, wanting to get going, or someone who who might already have have been in business for a while. What what would you tell them? I've got one for you. Okay. You got to do your research. You have to find out the best course of action. You can't just jump into something completely willy nilly. But at the same time. You have to trust your instincts and throw conventional wisdom to the wind because sometimes it's not always right for you. And the biggest thing I can relate this to, um, I had a business advisor coaching me and telling me that I needed to focus on my wholesale because they were guaranteed sales every week and stop focusing so much on retail. And I couldn't, I shouldn't get rid of my restaurant customers. 
and I said, my farmer's market sales are a guaranteed sale every single week. They're coming to buy my stuff. Yeah. I make less money at the restaurant. I enjoy it less. So I'm going to go where my heart is, and that is with my customers. I'm going If I'm going to work 80 hours a week, I'm going to get something out of it. I'm going to get the joy. I'm going to get the energy from my customers. And so I focused wholeheartedly on my retail side. I do have a few wholesale customers that I will never let go because of the wonderful people that they are. Mm -hmm. But I got rid of the ones that I just wasn't feeling the love back from. And then COVID hit and the restaurant world shut down. Had I followed the conventional wisdom to focus on wholesale and go quality, I'm sorry, quantity over quality, I'd be dead in the water. I would have failed. But because I had followed my heart and my passion and what made me happy that has allowed us to to survive part of its luck i'm sure uh, i mean something else could have happened yeah. and the farmers market could have been shut down but the restaurants were still open it right. could have gone another direction but i don't want to think about the could have i went after what made sense to me and it worked out so and even if that other could have would have happened i could have pivoted you could have pivoted because you were in alignment. You were following, you know, what really mattered to you personally, internally. Yeah. You're in complete alignment. And with that, you would have had the inspiration necessary to pivot and make the necessary innovation adjustment. You'd have worked out just fine. I'm a problem solver. Yeah. Throw something in my way. We'll figure out a way over the speed bump. I'm not too worried about it. But I'm happy that things have uh, gone the way that they have. And I couldn't be more grateful for the way they've turned out. In a, yeah crappy crappy time period we're having some fun that's cool yeah i think it's a good reminder that you know advice is important mentors are important but at the end of the day you got to trust your gut you got to trust yourself and know that you know you probably know what's best for yourself and you know take take other people you know into account and what they say can be important but ultimately you know it's your business and you got to do what you feel is best for yourself absolutely but also remember you know if you make a decision and it totally backfires Suck it up, take the L, and yeah. go the other direction. Yeah. It, it, there's no failures until you quit. It's just a learning experience. Yep. Not everything has worked. But I forget about those because I went the other direction. And now we're going in the right direction. Cool. Love it. Okay, well, uh, before we close up, we're going to play a quick game with you. Okay. Um, how it's going to work is we have um, 60 seconds on the clock. To, oh, boy. Yeah. And you have to answer as many questions as possible. Remember that hour and 45 minutes of sleep I told you about? <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Let's see. All right. So I will, uh, I'll pull up our clock here. And you want to get us started? And yep, start from the top? Yep. Three, two, one. Dream vacation. New Zealand. First thing you'd buy if you won a million dollars. A badass truck. Favorite hobby. Ooh. Uh. Cooking. Uh, if there was an Olympic competition for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a gold medal in? Oh my goodness. Uh, problem solving probably isn't one of those. That's too broad. Uh, tortilla flipping. Let's tortilla flipping or throwing. <laughs> Barehanded tortilla <laughs> flipping. Here we go. Barehanded. The song you've been jamming to lately. Uh, oh my goodness. I've been listening to the podcast for the last six months. Podcast. Joe Rogan. We'll put Joe Rogan go. in there. Okay, okay. Um, if you live to be 100, would you rather have the mind or the body of your prime self? The mind. Favorite holiday? Halloween. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, uh, probably Rocky Road with lots of marshmallows and almonds. 
Favorite fictional character? Uh, Jack Reacher. Uh, favorite smell? <sighs> Probably. This is gonna sound funny, but it's tortillas. My nana used to cook them growing up. Yeah. Wait, well, there's our, sorry, oh, that, oh, oh. It, it, tortillas. That's a good answer for. Uh, <laughs> 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 Should have guessed that one. Okay, not bad. We got a uh, ten in. So. And you were gonna say nickname. I'm yeah. gonna throw this out there. I was even chubbier when I was little. They called me Hutter Butter because my last name is Hudson. So. That was my nickname all through elementary. I was Hunter Butter. Well, ten isn't too bad for an hour and forty-five minutes of sleep. We yeah, should have a, we should have a separate leaderboard for hour and forty-five minutes of sleep. How many you can get for for sleep deprivation? <laughs> you're, yeah, you're number one. There's that sleep deprivation game. I can't remember what it's called. I've seen it. People talk about it. I would rock that game. I can I can do some work. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, um, thank you again so much, Christopher, for coming on and thank you guys for sharing having your knowledge with us. Um, let everyone know before we close up where they can find you if they want to buy a pack of tortillas. www.benniblancotortillas.com is the best starting point. I've got a contact me page. I've got where to find me. Typically, it's Saturday mornings at the Gilbert Farmer's Market yeah. or any other day at Arcadia Meat Market. We do have big plans in the future to expand that out. Instead of two places, we're going to have many, many more. So stay tuned for that. It will be shouted from the rooftops when it comes when it comes available. But... Uh, yeah, go to the website and obviously Instagram and Facebook if you want to follow along on the daily journey. It's just at Benny Blanco Tortillas. And is there a deadline? So if somebody's thinking, hey, next Saturday I want to go pick up some tortillas at the farmer's market. It's like, is there a deadline or is there a day typically where you've sold out, you've hit your max? It used to be, I opened pre-order Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock and it's like getting concert tickets because people want the specialty flavors and sometimes those are gone, no exaggeration, three to four minutes. They just, people set their alarm it turns on and they're clicking refresh. Uh, a couple months ago, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, all day Friday, you could get what you wanted and we've become so busy that I'm usually sold out within 24 hours. So if you want something, hop on Wednesday sometime. Nice. If you want the fun stuff, Wednesday at eight o'clock. Otherwise, you're pretty safe to go anytime Wednesday during the day. If you get on Thursday afternoon, you're probably gonna be out of luck. But you can always come to the market. I put half of what I'm going to make for the weekend online. The other half goes to the farmer's market for walk-up customers. So if you miss one, pretty good chance. If you show up early, you got a chance at the other. what time is the farmer's market? Eight to noon every Saturday. Okay. And it's right downtown Gilbert, just west of the water tower in the big parking lot. You can't miss it. We've got like 100 vendors of various types. There's sausage and pork and flowers and spices and cookies, several cookie people. There's a tamale guy. Uh, Chica Loca does burritos with my tortillas, by the way. So something to think about if you're hungry. Stop by. Big old hunk of meat burrito. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Thanks again for being here today. Thank you, guys. uh, We'll catch you next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Just a few things before we go. First off, we wanted to say a big thank you to our sponsor, Legend Acres. They're an award-winning, veteran-owned small business that offers dog training, service dog training, mentor training programs, and more. Legend Acres also offers online interactive training sessions and on-demand classes so you can train your dog from the comfort and convenience of your own home. Check them out at legend-acres.com. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to rate and review and hit that subscribe button. It lets us know how we're doing and helps us grow so we can reach more locals, entrepreneurs, and help small businesses grow. Thanks, guys.